little boxes on the hillside little boxes made of turkey turkey little boxes on the hillside little boxes all the same there's a green one and a pink one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of turkey turkey and they all look just the same and the people in the houses all went to the university where they all were put in boxes and they all came out the same and there's doctors and there's lawyers and business executives and you're all made out of ticky tacky and you all look just the same and they all play on the golf course and drink their martinis dry and they all have pretty children and the children go to school and the children go to summer camp and then go to university where we all get put in boxes and we all come out the same and the boys go into business and marry and raise a family in boxes made of ticky tacky and they all look just the same there's a pink one and a green one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of ticky tacky and they all look just the same Welcome to Caged In, a podcast about community and suburbia. I'm your host, Kendra Vanderbond. And I'm your other host, Melissa Gaddis. This is a podcast for our planning and pop culture class at Kansas State University. The class is about how community planning and the built environment influences pop culture. It explores cases where planning issues are integrated, both intentionally and unintentionally, into songs, films, and literature. Our cover art was designed by our team member, V. It emphasizes the gated communities where all of the buildings, the streets, the trees are populated similarly. People living inside of this community lack individuality. The people are sketched to look the same and they're wearing masks, which are the only thing to help them identify themselves among each other. When putting down the masks, nobody knows who they are. At the opening of this podcast, we shared a singing rendition of the song Little Boxes by Valmita Reynolds which was originally released in 1963. You may have recognized the lyrics from the popular television series Weeds on Showtime. This song is a perfect introduction to the topic of community in the American suburban culture. Right you are, Kendra. Yeah, there are several points that I really want to make with this song. I think, obviously, it really focuses on the lack of originality that you find in the suburbs with those, like, little boxes and everybody looks just the same. Another thing that's important is they keep bringing up the phrase ticky tacky like everybody is made out of the same material and it kind of has the implication that everybody's super fake and then when they bring up the colors a couple of different times throughout the song you can tell that it's kind of a superficial two-dimensional attempt at individuality like they're all still technically the same but they're trying for a pop of color to make them seem interesting and then there's this endless cycle that also takes place where they go to university and then they have kids and then their kids go to university and become them and so it's just this weird endless loop where everybody is just the same and they keep doing the same thing but they think they're interesting or different yeah and i'd like to add to that and say that that's really what suburbia has become now is this very superficial fake environment 
So the real question becomes after kind of listening to this song, if it's really that fake 2D and very boring, then why do we continue to create suburban communities? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I, I think when you're looking at suburbia like that, you have to look back at the history of it. It started with the for lack of a better term, white flight movement in the late 1940s, early 1950s, when uh, soldiers were coming back from World War II, they were having PSD issues, so a lot of people were having to move out of the city because the city was too loud. So what we ended up doing is switching over to where suburbia became the new American dream, where it's that white picket fence and 2.5 kids. So that's how we ended up there. Another huge draw to suburbia and to suburban communities is the sense of ownership that people felt that they couldn't have in urban life. When you kind of think about it, a lot of um, cities, is a, it's a lot of shared space versus in suburban communities, you have your own lawn and your own house that is yours and you actually own it. You don't rent it like so many people do in city. And so it allows people to settle down with like-minded people who have similar financial situations and maybe have similar ethics. They all see each other all the time at in like mowing their lawns or going to church or whatever that is. And that's where that sense of ownership and community started to develop. But the issues kind of arise when there's we're kind of getting to that point of lack of individuality like the song suggested. And because I know for myself personally, when growing up, I grew up in this house in a cul-de-sac neighborhood for 13 years and the only people we ever really interacted with were people with kids that were the same age as us so I my immediate next door neighbor on either side I had never spoken to in all 13 years that we lived there yeah I had a very similar experience growing up in my suburban neighborhood as well I knew my immediate surrounding neighbors, but we really only ever talked to them when we needed them to get our newspaper when we were out of town, and would only occasionally talk to them when they were outdoors. We never actually knew what was going on in their lives, and that's just the way it is now, is you don't necessarily know your neighbors or really anyone on your street, which is not what suburban life was portrayed to be initially when people were moving out here. It was portrayed to be this place where everyone was talking, everyone was handing each other baked goods, you could always be best friends with your neighbor. We looked up an article that fewer than half of American adults know most or all of their neighbors, and this was according to the Pew Research Center. And I honestly think it's getting worse now, especially with, for instance, holidays, like trick-or-treat. People don't are afraid to let their kids outside. And cars as well. Mm. We don't interact on the streets anymore. Mm-hmm. We actually looked at another article. CNN corresponder Benita Burton said, quote, Heavily marketed as havens of prestige and a sure footing on the social ladder, gated communities in Florida also create an insidious fortress mentality. Inside the enclaves that boast exclusivity and safety as their primary features, security means not just freedom from crime, but also protection from annoyances such as solicitors and strangers of any kind. In other words, minorities or other less desirable social classes. And this kind of relates to what we were talking about earlier with security. So there's those initial security issues like cars or stranger danger, but then there's a point past that where it gets into more serious issues, such as having these stereotypes of minorities. And it goes back to the phrase white flight that we were discussing earlier. And suburbia has become this new form of segregation. And we actually looked at a film as well. Kendra and I both watched a film the other night called The Purge. 
and this movie is about a new form of segregation in a gated community. Yeah, The Purge is kind of a horror film. It illustrates this dystopian setting set in the year 2022 in which the United States has endured some sort of economic collapse. And so now there's this new totalitarian government that has instituted an annual 12-hour period called The Purge, which allows citizens the opportunity to commit any sort of crime, be it stealing or something way more violent, without having any sort of repercussions. Um, And the film describes it as a catharsis for the American people so that they may vent all negative emotions however they desire. Primarily, the film takes place in a gated community where the residents have this sense of community, for lack of a better term, or they're seemingly neighborly to each other. The film follows the Sandian family, which is no exception to this idea. But on the night of the annual purge, they're locking their doors like they usually would for this night and they end up getting attacked. The director kind of makes the audience feel as though this is all like a kind of a normal situation because in the setting of their universe, it kind of is, but really messed up as well. So throughout the film, the family endures these life-threatening altercations, and then towards the end, their neighbors come in to seemingly save the day, but then it turns out that, oh no, wait, (laughs) they saw that they were being attacked and took the opportunity and decided, hey, let's murder this family that we're all really jealous of. We have these hidden feelings of like animosity towards them. So it kind of shows that level of fakeness that you find in those communities and how messed up and insincere it can be. Yeah, definitely. The film itself, I wouldn't say, is as hard to find these meanings when you watch it. It's pretty easy to see the level of fakeness that is occurring in between the neighbors the one neighbor who comes in to murder the sandian family hands them cookies at the beginning which is Mm -hmm. that idea we were talking about earlier is this false sense of community and these kind of relationships the film brings up how unhealthy and destructive these types of communities can be it also brings up some deeper issues on how far apart communities are financially specifically in the movie it discusses how a lot of people want to eradicate the poor people Mm -hmm. they find Yeah, those are the main targets for the film. Right, and they find those to be the scum of the earth and the people who deserve to die. Mm -hmm. And so it just kind of goes to show that when you're in these gated communities, you come up with these socioeconomic stereotypes that lead to you setting up these rules in order to protect your way of life and in order to protect your false sense of security. And this is part of the reason that we ended up with this plotline in The Purge is because of people wanting to attack the poor people, but this is also another reason that we end up with stories today, news stories such as Trayvon Martin. And for those of you who have not heard of this case before, Trayvon Martin was killed by a neighborhood watchman, George Zimmerman, who saw a quote-unquote suspicious figure, aka an individual who is not like-minded and of a different race in this case. And there was a quote that we found in an article from City Lab about this case that said, Gated communities churn a vicious cycle by attracting like-minded residents who seek shelter from outsiders and whose physical seclusion then worsens paranoid groupthink against outsiders. And this just goes to show that gated communities come up with these exaggerations of what really happens outside their gate, and they feel so threatened by crime and violence that they just spook easily, and, and then these sorts of 
cases happen. And there's also another point here in that gated communities act as these class walls, so the rich versus the poor once again, and that's our new modern form of segregation. And there's actually a really good poem that we found for this. Uh, it's a poem by Jeffrey Conyers called Gated Community that illustrates this point really well. And I'm going to go ahead and just read it for you now. The Good Life, Just Showcasing Your Success living great enough to be considered a part of the higher class with your expensive cars and condominium-style house. But in a gated community, everything's not right, and it always shows when violence comes into our lives. Some seem shocked and amazed that they are not safe, but whoever said gated community protects you from anything. Having security comes from yourself, not fearing the world and the people within, like a dog can sense your fear. It's the same with criminals when they break in. Some long for the best in life, while many knows a gated community doesn't stop violence at all. It just hides secrets until they are exposed and comes to light. When you think you're secured, some are aware that you really are not. Because a gated community seems to be a false impression to some. We can begin to analyze that first bit of text in that gated communities are creating this false sense of security, which is what we were discussing in the purge earlier, that everyone thinks just because there's a literal gate that nothing's going to come after you. And then the next bit of text discusses that violence and fear are really the triggers that bring out the worst in a community, and that's what always happens. Any sort of fear can all of a sudden show that communities are actually not that close and show all the bad parts of that community. The final point of this is that security really comes from your own human instinct and not exactly from the community yourself. It's finding security in your own life and finding that sense of peace. Yeah, so we can see how community and the way that the suburban environment is currently designed can create this difference and this conflict between social classes and it creates fear and it can create a lack of individuality and there's a lot of issues that can potentially arise from the way that we design suburban communities right now. Do you see these issues as actual problems? And if so, what can we do as planners and architects to fix these problems? Thank you for listening. I'm Kendra. And I'm Melissa, and thank you for listening today to Caged In. Shut up, I'll read it up here again. That message didn't go.